Hello and welcome back to another Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. This week we're doing a round three review and boy, what a round it has been. I'm um, here today with uh, Rig, uh, Mr. Josh Halliday. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Well, I'm going all right. Just watching the Cowboys um, stumble through to the end of that game is a bit grim, but um, let's forget about that. Let's talk about some <laughs> fantasy and um, sidetrack my brain, I think, so I can get to sleep a happy man tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely touch on those at the end, uh, considering they just finished up about 20 minutes ago. Well, but, do we uh, have to? Or, um, yeah, unfortunately, I know Burmo has the same attitude towards Cowboys games. I know for the last three <laughs> rounds he's been doing that, but uh, unfortunately, that's part of the job. You kind of have to. Anyway, let's yeah, get stuck into enough. it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start with the Panthers, who just got home against the Storm 12-10. Uh, what are your big takeaways from this game? Yeah, so it's a pretty good game, just objectively, rugby league speaking. Um, obviously, Cam Munster looks pretty good. Um, just looking at his at his stats too, a lot of t- a few tackle breaks in there, which is always good to see from Cam Munster. He's running the ball a fair bit. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing. I think I noticed this game compared to the last two rounds. He actually ran the ball a, comparatively to the, especially round two. He ran the ball a lot more at the line, and he he benefited from it fantasy wise. Yeah, I wonder if that's uh, a little bit to do with no Pappenhausen as well. Um, these numbers are kind of inflated, but um, either way, I don't have him in my team at the moment, but someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on, Cam Munster. Yeah, he had a break-even of 52 and uh, beat that pretty comfortably this week, so he's definitely going to go up in price. He, If you really want him in your team, you probably have to act now, really. I don't think he's going to go any lower than what he's at. Yeah, that's probably fair as well. Um, also, someone that I'm kind of interested in from the Storm is Jerome Hughes. He's got 51. He got 50 last week as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, he's got 337 kick metres, which is a decent amount. So his base is pretty solid, I feel like. Um, so someone I'm kind of – he's a bit of a, a, bit of a pod. Um, I know just someone I'm keeping an eye on as well from the Storm. Two pretty good scores and back-to-back. Yeah, I think the the only downside to Hughes is, is he's, he's just ticking at just over fifty a week, and I think with the rule changes, you think I think halves are kind of getting up to that sixty to even sixty five mark with your like your DCEs and your Jamal Fogarty's some weeks. Like, there's actually some cheap halves out there like your Fogarty's, but um, most halves like your Moses and your DC they're hitting sixty plus every week because they're just getting soul kicking. Whereas Jerome Hughes, yeah, he's sharing it with Munster, as you can see, like three three hundred thirty-seven meters kick meters to Munster's two hundred ninety, so they're sharing it quite evenly. Whereas you compare it to DCE and um, Moses, they're getting five hundred plus kick meters a week, which is huge boost to scoring, which gets them over the sixty. Yeah, it's really fair for a consistency play. I'm more just thinking as well, like the Storm had a pretty hard run to start the year off um, yeah. as well, so. Potentially the next couple of weeks when they play some of the more average, when they play the Cowboys, just load up on um, <laughs> Jerome Hughes or one of these kind of bottom feeder teams. Um, yeah. I don't know, something to keep in mind, I guess. They are um, playing the Broncos next week, so that's uh, definitely something to geez, keep in mate, mind. Geez, they could, mate, they could go off, couldn't they? Um, yeah, having two losses in a row now against Parramatta and now the Panthers, they could, they could really do some damage to the Broncos here. 
I was having a look at the rounds, sorry, the games next round, and just about all of them, I think, are going to be big favourite games because so we should see some like massive blowouts potentially. Because I think Panthers play Manly, and I was just looking on like Ladbrokes, and Panthers are playing paying like one dollar ten. I think the Storm are paying like a dollar ten against the Broncos. Um, so we could <laughs> see some big, big blowouts next week. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely. Um, Just looking at the uh, Storms team, um, there's a couple of a couple of players that didn't do so well in the likes of uh, Addo Carr and Justin Olam. They hit just over 20 points each, and they're in 10% of teams, both of them. Um, what do you reckon about those two? Well, geez, mate. If Justin Olam had passed that ball to Addo Carr at oh. the end there, <laughs> maybe sure. their scores both be over 30. I'm not sure, but... Um, yeah, not what you want from your kind of mainstay um, wingers and centers. Um, I guess these scores fluctuate. And then I don't think I'd be dropping them if I had them in my team and just kind of hoping for, well, if they play the Broncos next week, that might be a better kind of gauge on what you're looking at with them um, as to whether you keep them around or drop them, I think. Yeah, I'm surprised like up to 10% of teams actually do have Adokar because he's not really been a huge scorer unless he gets tries. Like he's been quite an average scorer generally between 20 to 30 Yeah, that's, that's 23 with a try yeah, as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, but Olam has a lot of tackle bust normally and he was looking like a good buy after the first two rounds. Even though he did score a try in each, he against Parramatta he got one try but also had like 65 points um, to his name. And if you take away the try and the the... Um, line break assist that he had. He's still scoring 50 plus, but um, obviously he's not going to get that every week with the tackle bus. But at the same time, if he even gets two or three tackle bus, he's probably getting a 30. I wouldn't say he's an immediate sell, but Olam um, is definitely one to hold. And I think Adokar, you probably don't really want a winger that's not scoring tries and being, or, or even scoring tries and not getting enough points. Like you want him to at least get 30. Yeah, I just think that's probably a better option. Um... Pappenhausen coming back with Latrell Mitchell. Um, Brimson had a pretty good game. Roger had a pretty good game this week. Gutho had a pretty good game. There's just a lot of people in the winning yeah. fullbacks that are probably um, better options if you can upgrade or even downgrade to someone like a Dane Laurie or a Tessie New. You're probably better off rolling the dice with someone like that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, looking to the Panthers team, what'd you like from them? Um. What surprised me was Matt Burton, 73. How good? Huge, maybe yeah. maybe Nathan Cleary's not that good. It's just the, the <laughs> from, from the Panthers are just whoever plays there is going to score well. Um, nah, he looked pretty good. Uh, it's a shame for the dogs that he can't yeah. join early but because he'd be a weapon this year to pick he, up or play potentially. But, he would improve yeah, that yeah. dogs team like tenfold almost he was so good in this game i don't know if it's because of the the team around him but he was so good even individually he looked like he looked like he hadn't been sitting on the bench for like two or three seasons or however long he's been there for like he looks like he's an out and out first grader and it's a shame that he's on the bench each week or even left out in the reserves geez i've got some depth the panthers um i like yo getting 80 as well that's huge um i think Capo, it's a shame he's not a centre anymore because that would be massive playing 80 on the edge. He looks really good, I think. Um, I also, this is maybe like a controversial opinion, but I think 
Billy Kickout getting that kind of 60 to 65 minutes is quite good for him. I think giving him a bit of a break on the sideline, recharge, and then just giving him that license to kind of go and just go crazy for it. I, I know it's really helping he scores, I guess. He looks dangerous. Um, yeah, he and... got 50 from 60 minutes with a try save in there, but his base stats are looking not too bad. 38 in base stats in terms of tackles and metres gained, but I don't know. I think he needs to get 80 for him to actually hit these scores consistently, especially at 600k. He's still very expensive to be up and the up and down the way he is. Yeah, I don't know. I think Billy Kickout is kind of one of those anomaly players. Like, you don't necessarily need him to play 80 for him to be relevant. Similar to like even like a Tamalolo sometimes or a Payne Haas. If they're playing 60 minutes, they will increase their PPM and kind of counteract that. Um, but still, I think, yeah, what you said, like he's a bit of a risk. If you want to roll the dice on him, um, you know, he's not a bad shot to do it. Playing outside, Nathan Cleary most weeks, if they're playing a team. You know, they're playing the Storm as well, and he's got a 50. That's pretty good against the Storm. Yeah, um, I think there's a few people. opens up. Yeah. Fifteen uh, percent of teams have taken a punt on him as a pod. Oh, I, really? I don't think I'm going to risk that. Yeah, fifteen percent, quite high. Um, I okay. will take that risk, but um, feel feel free to That's really. <laughs> if he gets the tackle bus. He's yeah, he's golden. But the thing is, he doesn't always uh, get that. Some games he's quite quiet. Um, but yeah, you've just got to hope that he's in the action a bit more. Uh, outside of that, there's a few injury concerns from this game. Tom Eisenhuth looked really, really good on an edge there for the Storm. Was actually making a, a point a minute. Uh, in the first 20-odd, and he's gone away with a broken rib, probably going to be about four weeks. And Dylan Edwards as well looked very good, and he looks like he's broken his hand. Came off at halftime. Yeah, that hurts. For any Dylan Edwards owners in draft or classic. Um, yeah, I had 43 really from the first half. That's that's a huge score. Looked like he yeah, was going to go take... big as well. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, the tackle breaks. He gets a lot of meters as well, so he's pretty active in there. I'll be interested to see what they do with their fullback because what they had Aikens play there last year. He's at Canberra now. Yeah. They had Dan Laurie. He's in the Tigers now. Who's going to go back there? Um, yeah, they had uh, they had um, Tyron May there for the the whole of the second half. He he looked okay, but he wasn't exactly the most agile and fleet-footed fullback you've ever seen play NRL. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do back there. Could even put a Crichton back there for a bit. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say, because didn't he start off the bench? And, like, when he started off, he played, what, the last kind of 10 minutes at fullback or whatever? Yeah, and then he got promoted. Uh, and then they could bring back Naden into the centres. I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, I think, isn't Naden due back next week or the week after as well from his suspension? So. Yeah, round five. Still got another round, but, yeah, soon to come. Yeah, anyway. so... Something to keep an eye on for Teamless Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anything else you want to add on that game? Pretty, just a very entertaining game overall, I think. Yeah, one thing I was a little bit disappointed about, um, due to my stocks in this player in draft leagues, James Fish Harris, 37 in 51 minutes. A bit disappointing. Um, yeah, the minutes, the minutes have... really hurt him. 51 minutes. He's normally a 60 to 65 minute player. In the middle there. Yeah, I'm not willing to hit the panic button yet, but um, definitely worrying signs, I think, at this stage. 
Yeah, it seems like if Yo gets the 80, Fisher-Harris is the one that's suffering. I think they kind of share, like, what, about 130 minutes between them, <laughs> roughly, and generally it, like, <laughs> flip-flops back, depending on who gets more more minutes. Because last week, I think they both got about 65-ish minutes, and they both yeah, scored quite well. these are the games you kind of like to see Fisher-Harris go crazy against the Storm when they're these kind of grinding um, tight matches. These are yeah. the games he usually does well in, so... Fact that he got less minutes and didn't do too well, um, not great signs. Yeah, just one to keep an eye on, I guess. Um, yeah, and I'm sure, sure. people with uh, Brendan Smith will be happy that they held him for one more round. He came out with a 64 with a try. Um, yeah, a brave decision to hold him because he's had a couple of uh, pretty average <laughs> weeks, but um, yeah, paid off in the end. Yeah, it did for sure. Um, cheeky meat pie helped. But, <laughs> yeah, he didn't look the, too bad to be yeah. Um, when's Harry Grant due back? Uh, next round. It was meant to be round four. Next round. So okay, he well. might be back in in team lists. We'll, I guess we'll see in a couple of days. Okay, huge. Anyway, moving on to the Friday game, we had the Dragons just topple uh, Manly in the end, 38-12. to 12. Take us through uh, the Dragons team. Who'd you like? Um, obviously, Zach Lomax, huge. Um, I think he's definitely... You kind of long-term center option that you're looking at. Uh, you got two tries, obviously, which inflated his score here. But the goal kicks, uh, he makes a lot of tackles as a center, I think. So he's got a pretty solid base. And his kicking is unbelievable, to be fair. Um, yeah, goal kicking, huge. 20-plus straight, something ridiculous that he's yeah. um, on the show for. But um, no, he looks good. Andrew McCulloch playing 80, um, really 71 at the end. Very good. A uh, few kick meters here as well uh, with Ben Hunt going off. So pretty good option as well as an upgrade. Tarek Sims kind of bounced back as well. He had a few, I think he had a few sub-30 scores. So to come out with a 64, not bad going. Yeah, I think so. So round one, he had a, a bit of a shocker. Um, he didn't play too bad in round two, but um, yeah, he really hit his straps against Manly here. But I think the the thing that is doing well for him since Norman's been back, I think they have like a, a little bit of a combination on that uh, left edge there with uh, Sims, Norman, and Dufty. It seems like the when they when they shift left, um, Norman gets the ball in his hands and Dufty's wrapping around, and Tarek Sims is just running that short ball line straight at the halfback. And he seems to be, yeah, against Manly, he was hitting that hole every single play and he went through one or two times as well. So I think he's playing off Norman's uh, left shoulder. He's doing really well there. I don't think he's a huge buy, but, I mean, he's definitely one to look at if he can keep hitting those scores because he should be playing 80 nearly every round. So if he can keep hitting around a 50 to 60 and he's only at 430k at the moment, definitely one to keep an eye on, see how he goes next week because he could be a potential buy if he gets his scores up. Yeah, um, who do you think is going to step in for Ben Hunt in the halves? Do you reckon it's going to be Adam Clune? Yeah, most likely. I, I reckon Clune just jumps straight in and takes that spot. He's pretty consistent, Clune. You know what you're going to get from him basically every week. Um, not going to be great, but he's going to be there and he's going to be average, right? Like That's what we <laughs> want, right? Who else would you put there, though? Like I don't think they have any other big halves knocking on the door. I don't think so as well. They did for a point there, but I don't think they do anymore. I'm not sure what happened to 
or Jaden Sullivan or yeah. Sailor. I don't know what they're doing, but um, it'll probably be clean considering he started round one. Yeah, um, and Norman's looking pretty good, so I think you just chuck a chuck a halfback yeah, consistent fair. in there and let Norman do his thing. Um, Outside of that, I think the Dragons. Oh, oh sorry. sorry, yeah, you can. no, you're right. Um, Mooney's man, Daniel Alvaro. Yeah, I was just of, about to mention him. <laughs> back to the pad a little bit, so 36 minutes, not ideal. Um, 26 points overall. I think he kind of got boosted last week with. Um, they, for some reason, dragged Paul Vaughan early, so he seemed to get yeah. inflated minutes. And then he made the the world's slowest line break against the Cowboys, which <laughs> looked like it was going in slow motion, um, which boosted him as well. But um, Yeah, I think the thing about well, this game, though, for Alvaro was that he, even though he had 36 minutes and he only scored 26 points, whereas the two games previously, he's been scoring over a point per minute. So. Um, I think he just had a bad game, to be honest. Like, he just probably didn't get the ball as much or didn't just make as many metres compared to round one and two because he should have got about 40 points roughly from those meters, from those minutes. So, um, yeah, I think it's just a, a one-off for him, but I wouldn't say he's a sell by any stretch. What do you reckon? He's 330, sorry, 362 for the end of this game. If he goes up to, what, like 380, would you still be considering him for a potential buy? Uh, I wouldn't buy him now, but yeah. um, if you did get him when he was a cheapie, like even before this round or the round before, um, yeah, he was well worth yeah, it. He's still going to go old. up in price, but I wouldn't buy him now because he's not going to go up anymore. Like his break even was negative two before this game. It'll probably be about 10 to 15 after this round now. Um, but yeah, he'll probably only make another 40 to 50K from where he's at. So it's not worth a buy. I think it's yeah definitely a hold and chuck him on the bench, but yeah. That's just a, if you have him, that's what you're going to get from him. Um, what about your man, Tyrell Fumiono? He's, <laughs> he's gone Look, all right this week. He's got 35, so he hasn't broken your heart, I guess, but probably not what you really want. A 35, he's kind of that awkward. You don't know if you want to put him on your bench or if you drop him and just keep him there for a kind of cash rise. Yeah, what are you doing I think- with him? If you got him the same time as you would have got like an Alvaro, he's just a hold for another couple of weeks. His break even was 11, so he's hit that. He'll probably hit his break even next week, and then he might be a sell in two or three weeks. So, um, yeah, just be cautious. He's not going to go crazy big unless he scores a try, but you know he'll get he'll get 35 to 45 points a game depending on how many minutes he gets. It kind of fluctuates between 40 to 60 minutes for Mariano, but he's just one of those bench cash cows you got to pick up an extra 100k here and there for a trade. Generally, you want about 100 to 150K at least from a trade, right? Yeah, it's probably fair. Yeah, unless you're getting like your, your Braley, your Jaden Braley or someone like that. Yeah, going um, massive. Outside of that, Jack Bird did pretty well. I know he's owned by a lot of people. He got 36, which is good. Keeps his cash rises going. Um, other than that, not, not nothing much else. I think there's more talking points for Manly here. Yeah, well, let's start off with my boy. Um, Dylan Walker, he's back. Forty points. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's back, but he's back. he definitely had a better game than he has uh, for the last couple of rounds. What did he get? Forty or something? Forty in the end. Yeah, no, I was I was pretty happy with it. Um, I, considering his last scores, I yeah. think actually as well, 
some some players going to fullback helps their scoring. I think for Dylan Walker, it's actually hindered hindered his scoring. I think I'm I'm actually looking forward for him going back to. I think he'll go back to one of the center positions, and that'll um. I don't Brad Parker or Sully will probably drop out. Yeah, either one of them. I don't really know which one, but yeah, I think um him going back to the centers will help. I guess I want to keep an eye on if you don't own him. He's pretty um low ownership. I th- oh no, he's got ten, he's ten percent ownership. 10%, yeah, which owned by a decent amount of teams. Surprising. I thought I was the only one crazy enough to jump on, but <laughs> um obviously the big turn talking point was DCE seventy eight. Um, I think he was unlucky there. He probably should have got another try as well. Um, but seventy eight looks like he's kind of back to his um good form. A lot of kick meters, a lot of tackles. I got a try assist. Got a try. Um, yeah, pretty he had a rough good in a losing side. Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably um, going to be hitting that sixty to eighty. Or hovering around there, so he's probably going to average about sixty-five to seventy across the whole season. Um, obviously, without those tries and the try save, he would come back down to about a sixty odd. But I still think he'll hit those hit those highs. Um, his kick meters have been pretty consistent, about three hundred to three hundred and fifty kick meters a game, which is good. It's getting at least fifteen to twenty points there. So, um, yeah, and he's just making so many tackles. Like Manly are always <laughs> on the back foot and defending, so he's just making so many tackles, and he doesn't often often miss many except for round one against the Roosters. So, um, yeah, looks like a pretty solid option if you've got him. Hopefully you didn't buy him round one and then sell him the next round because I know <laughs> that happened to a lot of people. Um, but the big talking point, I reckon, from the Manly side was Schuster coming in, owned by 18% of teams, yeah. scoring a 63. Huge. Massive. Yeah, halves playing in the second row. It's nice. Um, got a good amount of base in there, 31 tackles. Uh, also had some nice attacking stats in there. So, yeah, he looks like a pretty solid purchase if you can sneak him in. He's 301k, so definitely affordable. He's going to be um, probably uh, about 350 to 360, I think, next round with a 63. His break-even was three. So, um, yeah, decent amount of price rise coming for Schuster, but I still think he's worth a buy. Um, what do you reckon about Sirodin coming back? I know we were talking uh, last week about um, Gajewski. Maybe not holding a spot even when Sirenin comes back, but even now Kajewski had an ankle or a calf issue, I think, towards the back end of that game. So um, there might be a spot there for him long term. Yeah, the Goz is pretty vanilla, isn't he? Um, doesn't offer a whole lot. I think they really like Schuster in here. He's kind of he's a young gun. They want to kind of give him a spot in the team somewhere. And if Foreign's still playing, um, I think they'll want to chuck him in somewhere. and. The fact that he's playing better than the Goz as well helps his case. So I think, yeah, I agree with Mooney's point in the last pod that he might just keep his spot here. So um, seems like he has solid-ish job security. Yeah, I think I think he will keep his spot even when Sirenin comes back into the team. Um, I think he's still pretty safe there. I, I don't see Gajewski holding a spot. He'll probably come off the bench. Um, Kajewski, so he might not play 80 every week, Schuster, but he'll definitely make a lot of money and play an edge, so should be getting 30 to 40 points even if he loses some minutes. Um, but yeah, definitely worth a buy next round, depending on, I guess, what his price goes up to if you can afford him, but uh, if you didn't get him in this round, he's definitely worth a buy next round. 
I think that's yeah. just about it from this team. Obviously, Ben Hunt went down with a broken fibula. It was confirmed. So he's probably out for, I think, Yikes. four to six weeks, which is a bit rough if you've owned him. Um, yeah, he was walking wounded out there. He's only owned by 5% of teams, so he's not exactly in a lot of teams, but um, probably a sell. I think it, if, if it's yeah, six weeks, it's probably a sell. But if it's closer to three or four, maybe hold. But I don't think a broken broken leg, you don't really come back that quickly. <laughs> yeah, a bit hard to run, isn't it, with a broken leg? So Yeah, a bit of a hindrance. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> moving on to the Friday night late game, we had the Rabbitohs take down the Roosters in a pretty dynamic performance from the Rabbitohs. They looked very good. What do you reckon? Um, I think just the biggest point out of this, Luke Carey, ACL. Um, yeah, huge. It's just massive, not just for this. Um, I know this game, I guess, but for the whole Roosters team and their their fantasy value moving forward, I think it's potentially huge. Like um, guys such as Angus Crichton, I think take a little bit of a hit with no Kiri. Um, so yeah, I think it's just massive for the Roosters. I'm not sure where they kind of sit now in the overall rankings this season um, with no Kiri. I think they take a bit of a hit. They're probably looking at top 14. I'm not sure if they're there anymore. Um yeah, it's. I so, think yeah, just massive, isn't it? When huge. you lose <laughs> losing Lamb and but, Kiri, your first choice halves for an extended <laughs> period of time, like especially Kiri for the whole season, and he was looking very good for the first so two good. rounds. Um, yeah, it's going to really hit them hard. I think yeah, they might be looking. They'll probably still make top eight, but I don't see them making like top four. Really, I don't think they can win the win or, or even get close to the finals without a, a specialist half like Kiri and. Yeah, a lot of clubs struggle when they don't have that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but on the flip side of that, I'm really interested to see who they bring in. Um, so I assume it's going to be Drew Hutchinson and um, Sam Walker. Yeah, I think Walker's going to get halves. an absolute... Uh, like, it's going to be a huge shout for Teamless Tuesday in a couple of days. But um, I know they would... Uh, like experimenting with Manu at 5'8 as well. So uh, there is a, a bit of a shout there for Manu possibly. Or but Joseph Solasi, I think, is being kind of thrown out there. Maybe they play him in the halves. There's, yeah. um yeah, Teamless Tuesday is going to be very interesting for him. But I think one of my two trades this week will be whatever one of the halves for the Roosters, I yeah. think, will be one of them. Um, so even. Drew Hutchinson could be a shout. I know he's not like your your most common cheapy, but he's what four hundred k, and his break even is thirty seven currently. He got thirty four from thirty five minutes. Could be, and he probably do most of the kicking depending on who's brought in to pair him. Oh, but he's definitely like going to be there. Daniel, great, great minds think alike, mate. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I think I'm not sure. Sorry, I don't know much about Sam Walker, but I'm not sure if he's that much of a kicker. I assume that Drew Hutchinson would get a lot of those kick meters. Yeah. Um, he's kind of the more senior out of the two, so maybe he takes more of that dominant playmaking role. Um, but I guess it's still a little bit of a wait and see, see what they do. They might completely <laughs> throw a wrench in it and play Joey Manu in the halves, or who really knows, I guess. Yeah, that'll be a, a wait and see. A big teamless Tuesday coming up for the Roosters, I think. Um, yeah, there was a lot sure. of 
there was a couple other injuries from this game. Obviously, Lachlan Lamb with an MCL most likely hasn't been confirmed yet, but looks pretty serious. Probably going to be a long-term one, six to ten weeks, I think. Um, but Lindsay Collins suffered a huge concussion. Looked very, very um, bad from <laughs> viewing it. It did not look good. He did not move at all. Um, he might not come back next week. I've got a feeling they're going to rest him, given um, just the Roosters' track records with concussion. They'll probably be conservative about it, so he'll probably be gone for the next week. And even Takiaho, he came off with a couple minutes left. Um, he pulled away from a tackle with a calf issue, it looked like. Um, they yeah. haven't said anything about it yet, but that could be potentially something. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's a wait and see till Tuesday. It's going to be a huge teamless Tuesday for the Roosters. Yeah, it's just been a huge week for injuries, hey. So um, yeah. the Roosters, like many teams kind of this round, but um, by the end of the game, almost didn't have a bench. So Yeah. Um, yeah, looking at, um, I guess, the Rabbitohs now compared to the Roosters, there wasn't the, this game didn't have a lot of huge scores, to be fair. It was very um, mediocre in terms of fantasy scores, but I think there's a couple people to talk about, like your, your Latrells and your Cooks that um, had some pretty odd scores. Pretty odd, yeah. Um, just a tough game, isn't it, the Roosters? Um, I wouldn't be reading into this too much personally. Uh, Latrell, 43, Cook, 47, both pretty solid. Um, I think the Rabbitohs, you know, once, I think after round four, their draw really opens up. Um, They got the Broncos in round five. So I'd be, if you've got these guys and you're waiting for their cash to kind of kick in, I'd be holding them for sure. Someone I'm also really interested in is my man Cody, um, Cody Walker, that is. I think he's just he's going to have a massive gear. Um, he's got a he's had a few kind of – he hasn't gone up too much. He hasn't gone down too much. But if you can get him in after round four, I think he's potentially going to explode. Yeah, some, some so, odd scores um, from Cody Walker. Round one when they played the Storm had 46, then played Manly and only got 31 points. Pretty – pretty rough and then plays the roosters and scores two tries for a 58 like it seems like most of his points are coming from tries and try assists um but yeah it doesn't seem to look like he has a lot in the way of base stats from his scores yeah definitely a bit of a roller coaster but um i guess you're feeling risky you want to roll a dice um he's definitely someone i'm having a look at um for that role i guess He's not yeah. too expensive. He's in the kind of 600-ish. So, um, yeah, someone I'm keeping an eye on. Fair enough. I think that, that that about wraps it up. There's not exactly a lot of fantasy talking points from this game. Yeah, that's fair. Let's move on. Yeah, moving on to another exciting game and one that was rife with injuries. Um, Raiders, uh, unfortunately, went down to the Warriors late in that game. A huge effort from Tshek to stop Rapana scoring in the dying seconds of that game. Yeah, um, Warriors up 34-31 to 31 in the end. Yeah, take us through your thoughts on the game. Yeah, really good game, I thought. Um, I thought the Raiders were going to hold on, but, yeah, Roger was just massive here. I think people, some people were concerned, like, oh, maybe he's just going to kind of chill out his last year, but... He's not that kind of guy, Roger. I think he's going to give it everything he has. 88 points. And he was just kind of everywhere, wasn't he? Roger, he 
had some tries. Uh, the tackle save, sorry, the try saves obviously had loads of running meters used just everywhere. So, um, yeah, I was going to say the, the same thing for, about Nicarima. I thought Nicarima can absolutely did control this game in the second half. He, yeah, he basically set up a lot of the the tries and the attacking plays for the Warriors and got them over the line. I thought in the end, obviously him and Tshek were the biggest influences, but yeah, Nicarima really. It's it's strange because he's never really taken that huge leading role. He's always been that kind of like, I guess, right hand to whoever's leading the game. But he really stood stood up in this game and yeah, led the Warriors into a win, from my point of view anyway. Yeah, look good, and he's got the goal kicking now as well. So he's got that kind of extra added base. Um, not someone I'm personally looking at, but um, yeah, someone to keep an eye on, I guess. Yeah, so I guess Chanel Harris-DeVita, he's out for 12 weeks. So he played in round one and two. And even then, Nicarima scored a 61 with a try, I guess, in round one. And then a 45 without a try in round two. Um, Against the Raiders, he didn't really get a lot in terms of base stats, which was strange because I thought he would have been doing a lot of the kicking with Chanel out of the team. But it seemed like O'Sullivan did a lot of the kicking and even scored a 50 himself. this game, yeah, so I was to say, yeah, yeah, he's not definitely a bad cash option as well. Yeah, yeah. Compared and to when he was playing at the Broncos, like he was def like he came in and was playing eighty minutes at some at some stage last year, and still didn't provide many big scores. I think too, he just he passed the eye test. He looked pretty good out there. He ran the ball a little bit. Um, yeah. Looked dangerous when he had it. So I don't think he spots in too much danger. I know they got that um, that Turner um, kind of young guy coming through as well, but I think his spot is safe for the meantime. So yeah, I quite like him as a potential cheap option. Um, I'll probably be kind of tossing up between him and Josh Schuster, I reckon, for someone to potentially bring in next week. Didn't, didn't bring in Schuster last round. I didn't, mate, no. Rough. Very, very rough. <laughs> um, anyway, I think there was a couple of... Oh, that was about it. Other than the that from the Warriors, I think the Raiders had a lot of talking points with um, Joe Tarpany only getting a 14, Ryan James with two, and Sebastian Chris only nine as well. All of them came off with uh, um, a concussion except for Tarpany, who went off with an ankle injury. Seemed like it, it looked pretty nasty, you know, non-contact, um, trying to push off his back foot. Uh, to in the defensive line and looked like it was an Achilles for sure, but apparently it's only a twisted ankle, which is yeah good for him, but not good for fantasy owners who have him. Yeah, it was funny watching the game live, like um, Ray Warren or whoever is Warren Smith. Sorry, was commentating, saying it was an Achilles first up, but I don't know. I thought he was kind of over exaggerating, and then it showed him on the sideline getting his ankle taped. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about, Warren Smith? Like, I don't think he's done an Achilles. Like, I don't think he realizes how much of an Achilles, like an Achilles injury is like one of the worst injuries you can have. Like, you're not going to be walking on an Achilles injury. Um, yeah. So it's good that he hasn't done that. But yeah, shame for anyone who has him for the 14 points because he was a pretty good, pretty good pod, wasn't he? Yeah, um, very 4.4% good. 4.4% ownership and he's... Started the year on fire, to be fair. Um, 
then there was Sebastian right. Chris and Ryan James is pretty good cheapies to bring in. And even Ryan James as a pot off the bench was looking not too bad, but um, yeah, pretty, pretty unlucky scores from them. I mean, yeah, they both not had, much you can do really. Yeah. They both butted heads and that was it. End of their night. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, friendly fire. Yeah, but um, Ryan Sutton ended up getting nearly 80 minutes in the front row. Scored 89 points. Absolutely huge. Definitely not going to do that next week. But um, yeah, huge effort from him considering Probably the Raiders not. did not have uh, anyone to play. Uh, meat pie as well. I'm not sure how many meat pies he's got in his career, but <laughs> I don't think he'd be able to count them on two hands. So. Um, let alone one, probably. Let alone one, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think um, just a rough old game in general for the for the Raiders, unfortunately, going George down George Williams here. had another good week, scoring-wise, which I um, thought was good. Josh Hodgson as well. Yeah, White, um, surprisingly, is up there as well this week. Yeah, I really hate Jack Wyden, and I'll, <laughs> I'll refuse to bring him into my team, but... Yeah, he did have a good week, to be fair. Um, got his kind of classic try where he ran over someone um, about 10 metres out from the line. So, yeah, he's got that running kind of back in his game, which is good to see. And I think he was kicking a bit more as well, which um, is good for his points. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any other talking points from this game? I guess... Uh, the, to touch on some of the injuries as well, just just this whole round has been an injury riddled um, round. Jared Croker dislocated his finger. Not sure if he's going to be available next week, but probably will. I don't think you sit too much. Um, too, I don't think you spend too much time out from a dislocated finger, especially considering they popped it back in and he was just away straight onto the field again. But um, Curtis Scott, yeah, you, got, like you he, got ten of them, don't you, mate? You don't really need them, do you? Yeah, nine's enough, surely. Um, <laughs> Curtis Scott also had a rib fracture. He's probably going to be gone for a little bit longer, which means Sebastian Chris might get another run in the centres. So still looking pretty good if you bought him. Um, but yeah, it depends how he pulls up from that concussion as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's all I got for this one, mate. Too easy. Oh, also Peter Hicku apparently did his MCL late in that game as well. So he might oh, be yeah. out for an extended period of time. They're not sure of the severity yet, but also... Um, not good if you're an owner for him. Probably a sell anyway, to be fair. Jeez, they got Aiken out as well. I'm not even sure who comes in for yeah. Hiku there. I think um, they have so... Param or something. They have Hayes Param, I'm pretty sure, possibly. Okay. Should be able to come in there. Um, outside of that, moving on to the Broncos versus Bulldogs. Now, it was very hard to watch the first half of this game, but um, the Broncos ended up <laughs> running away with it 24-0 over the Bulldogs. Um, take us through it. Yeah, well, it was too zip first half. Um, Jeez. Pretty good watching. Yeah. What I like to see was um, Jermaine Azarka looked really good, I thought. Very. Um, he made Corey Aaron look like a, a traffic cone <laughs> in that last um, when he yeah, did like the double step there. Oh, broke his ankles completely. Broke his ankles. Um, I think he just looked good. He was hitting the ball with pace. Um, probably now someone who's going to bump up in cash and be too much for me, which is annoying, but um, look pretty good to be fair. Who else did pretty well, I thought? Um, Milford, surprisingly, he got a 50, not looking too bad, I thought. 
Um, yeah, I think not there as was... many missed tackles, which is always nice to see from yeah. him. <laughs> Correct. It was a strange game to watch. Like the first half was just pretty def- like defense minded, and even when they were in attack, there was a lot of errors um, for both teams really. But I think the main thing in the second half, the the Bulldogs had the main hold of the possession for the first 20 odd minutes and they looked like they should have scored but so many errors so many drop balls inside the 20 i yeah they should have really capitalized on that but then the broncos just kind of ran away with it herbie farmworth looked really really good um asako looked really good as well it just seemed like the the halves took a took a back seat and the the wingers and the fullback just did most of the work like farnworth um coats asako just looked so good like i wouldn't say milford and croft played very well at all like i i thought they were very average to be honest even even though they both got 50s to their name they didn't look great um in the halves there and yeah sarko looked so good he was controlling everything and making all the all the moves for the broncos in the in the flip side to herbie farnworth he got a 74 which i thought was really good and he did look very dangerous but i actually when i was watching this game i was like geez Will Hopawati looked so slow. I like, couldn't <laughs> tackle him to save himself. I actually went on to Google and checked Will Hopawati's age. I'm like, how old is this guy? Because he <laughs> is, he seems like he's past it, but he's in his late 20s still. Oh, yeah. Um, I digress, but um, yeah, geez, Will Hopawati looked very ordinary. Someone I was like really considering in draft leagues and things like that as kind of depth players. Um, but two fairies still got 32, but um, I guess a bit of a tangent by me, but... <laughs> oh, you're not wrong, though. He yeah, did look very ordinary at centre. He's a bit average. Yeah, I think um, it's obviously... He used to be a centre, but um, he's been fullback for the last couple of years for the for the Dogs. Uh, I think moving to centre, it hasn't really done him much um, in the way of fantasy scoring. He used to be a very good scorer from fullback, but um, yeah, I'd... I don't know. This this Bulldogs team just didn't seem. They just didn't seem like they're in in the game. To be honest, Ad, Adam Elliott was the only one that really looked dynamic and looked like they were like dangerous attacking the the Broncos line off a couple of short balls. But yeah, that's yeah, really it. That's probably would have got an even better score if um, Kyle Flanagan had have caught that forward pass as well. Yeah, correct. But, um, even though it wasn't called, <laughs> even though it wasn't called, one of the many forward passes not called this round for some reason. Um, but yeah, he looks really good. I I really like him on the edge, actually. Um, I think he's just got a bit more flair instead of just chuck him in the middle and make him um, do bulk tackles, have yeah. him on the edge, isolate him. And he, he's hard to tackle. He's dangerous. A lot more a energy. Ball playing. Yeah. So. I think he's better on the edge. He, he honestly looks like he's actually going to break tackles every time he gets the ball. And yeah, I think they need to hit him a lot more or use him as a decoy. um, 64, if you don't mind, for the opening three rounds. So um, if you started with him, you're laughing, but... He's starting to get close um, to that 700k mark. I think after this round, he's probably going to be around 660-odd k. Still looks like a decent option to go for. Looks like he'll probably be around 700 to 740k long-term. And he'll probably be a gun he's probably a cut price gun if he keeps up these scores it's an average of 64 um and considering sure. how much work the bulldogs are doing in defense and then he's also making some tackle busts and getting some attacking stats looks like a, a good option on an edge 
especially deep dual position surely player. Too, they start they start looking at him a bit more now that RFM's out long term. Yeah, um, he might be their kind of go to option when they get close to the line there. So. Um, yeah, definitely could be a long-term kind of option for her, I think. Absolutely. Um, oh, also, we've all ta- already talked about Milford, did pretty, really well as a cheapie, 56, Coates 61. Um, Turpin also bounced back with a 66. I know a lot of people were selling him uh, after his low score last week, but he just came back with a, a big score as well. Uh, TPJ looking very consistent in the middle there with 67 off only 57 minutes. He's a point-per-minute machine, TPJ. And Carrigan bounced back as well with a, a good 67 off 62 minutes. So um, the Broncos forwards definitely have points in them as long as they get uh, big minutes, it seems. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, it's a bit of a hard one to gauge this week, given they're being kind of average, the Broncos, the first two Oh, yeah, the first two games, and they've they played the Bulldogs here, and they're all their scores been played. So um, we'll see how they go next week against the Storm. They could be all these scores could be halved next week. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll see how it goes. Take it with a grain of salt, I think, a little bit as well with some of these Broncos scores. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and I think from the the Bulldogs, nothing too much to talk about other than. Kotrick had a bit of a below-average performance, um, but I think even with a 26 this week, he's still worth a hold. Um, um, Marshall King, too, out for a yes. decent, um, decent... I think it was, what, four to six weeks, I want to say? Yeah, broke his foot, probably looking at four to six weeks. I think at this stage, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but I think you'll get you'll see that he'll get scans and stuff and they'll give it a, a deadline by... Oh, a, a date to a return date in the next couple of days. So um, I guess that Katoa gets back into the starting squad and probably playing close to 80. Yeah. 426 K. Sione Katoa. Uh, I wonder if they'll bring on that. Deets. Dates. I want to say yeah. his name is. Yeah. If they keep him on the bench, um, maybe someone to look at if they don't have him on the bench, but I guess we'll see. See what yeah. team list Tuesday throws for him. Absolutely. Anyway, moving on to the Parramatta and oh, Sharks. Oh, you had another time. Also. Yeah. yeah, I think Jake Averiola looked a little bit better this game. Um, he, he was did. running the ball a little bit more. Um, he didn't score that well still. He got 29, which is like solid, I guess. Um, but I think he's someone that I'm holding still. I'm not playing at the moment, but... I feel like he's kind of one big game away from kind of breaking out. So I don't know. I'm I'm holding on to him for the moment. Yeah, he hit his break even, uh, albeit only just this week. Uh, so he'll probably go up <laughs> in price. Win. Yeah, that's exactly. It's a win. <laughs> he'll go up in price maybe two or three k. But if you didn't have him at the start of the year, he and if you think he's going to score well, he's worth a shout. He's still very cheap. He's playing eighty minutes as a five eight for the dogs. You just need the dogs to hit a bit of form, start scoring some points, and he should be on the end of um, some price rises. Uh, I think he had some kick meters this week, which is what uh, brought him up a bit. He had 108 in kick meters. So he got five extra points from that where he hasn't had any kick meters at all for the last two rounds. So um, yeah, sure. looks like a genuine genuine option, I guess, if you're looking for a cash cow, especially under 300K. But obviously the first three rounds haven't been ideal. Sorry, anything else you want to touch on before I move to the, the Parramatta win? Um. What are your thoughts on Tessie New? Are you 
willing to risk him in your in your starting side, or you just kind of chuck him on your emergencies, um, or sorry, no, you just like on your bench there, so he's not in your your starting team. What are you doing with Tessie? I had to have him in this week because Pap was out, and I think a lot of teams probably had to have him in this week. Um, but yeah. I mean, the Broncos are playing the Storm, and then they're playing the Rabbitohs in the next two rounds, so he's going to be sitting on my emergencies for sure. <laughs> Fair not going to risk that. I mean, I have Robertson, yeah. Avrilo, and Bird, so I've got a few different options for center, and I kind of just rotate them based on the uh, matchups. So I think that's the safest way to do it for centers. Nah, that's a good way to do it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, anyway, um, moving on to... Oh, do you have another talking point? Sorry. No, nah, that's good, yeah. <laughs> moving on to, on the, to the, game. Yeah, the Parramatta game. Big win for Parramatta. Um, got up a... a Above the Sharks, twenty-eight to four, looked very, very patient. I, I want to say because they they did struggle early on, and the Sharks did hold them in defence. But um, yeah, came away with the win in the end. Yeah, pretty good performance from him with um, Moses going down pretty early as well. Um, HIA, so hopeful. I guess he'll be back next week. Uh, but I think yeah, the Eels really stood up. Gutho looked really good, I thought. Uh, Blake Ferguson had a good game. Reed Marnie was solid again as well. So, yeah, pretty good from Parramatta. You know, they always start the year pretty well. So, um, continuing that trend on. And three from three to start off. So, not bad for your boys. Absolutely loving it. Have looked very good as well. I think, um, I guess the main points from this one... The March Premiers, four... mate. How good are they? March Premiers. Leave it alone. They'll, they'll be there late in the year this year. Don't worry. Um, there was four four HIAs in this game. Um, had Mitch Moses come off early with a concussion. Probably going to be back next week, most of these boys. But, um, yeah. Uh, Wade Graham, Britton Nakora, and Will Kennedy from the Sharks also had to go for HIA and did not return. So... Uh, yeah, they're ones to look out for in the team list, I guess, on Tuesday. Most likely they'll all back up, but um, just a, a heads up. And also, Sione Katoa looks like he did a pretty serious MCL injury. Definitely did something to his knee. Uh, probably going to be gone for four-ish weeks, I, I reckon. Um, yeah, keep an eye on NRL Physio for that. Yeah, fair call. Um, but back I on the Parramatta boys, who, who, else are we, who else are we looking at? Oh, um, Mikore is an interesting one. He's had two pretty good scores. Um, it's just hard with him playing center, I guess. Yeah, he's looking very get that, good. That jewel. I know you guys were talking about it last week. If he gets that jewel, he's a pretty juicy um, back of the year contender if he plays a bit of lock as well. Yeah, so um, a question on that then. He, so. If you know Neocore is going to get that dual position player, which he will in a few weeks' time, um, do you wait till he gets that, or do you pick him up now, knowing how cheap he is, um, hoping to put him in your team later, or hoping to put him in centre in a few weeks' time when he gets dual position? Or do you think Wanga Blake's going to come in and just take that spot straight from him? Yeah, I think Wanga Blake will take that spot, even though... Arguably, he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say the same. Because near Corey's looked very good. And Wonga Blake, I don't know, man. Um, the thing I don't like about Wonga Blake, and this is a kind of caveat, I guess, for any Blake Ferguson owners, is that Wonga Blake hasn't learned how to pass the ball in his junior footy career. So 
um, makes it very hard for Blake Ferguson to score tries. Yeah, so it's actually nice for Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, two, two weeks. He's got three tries now to his name, Ferguson, with Nia Corey. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wonder what's just going through Brad Arthur's head now because Nia Corey has performed very well at centre and he's been very solid in defence. So, um, I mean, he's got 180 metres there as well like for, from this game. That's incredible for a centre. Yeah, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't play him there at centre long-term, like, what does Wonga Blake give you that Nia Corey doesn't? I'm not yeah. sure, but... <laughs> yeah, um, I guess that's one for Brad Arthur to decide and us to just wait for Teamless, really. Yeah, one of the Parramatta Eels I was a little bit disappointed of, um, Junior Paulo, he got 39 in 47. He had two pretty massive games before that, which are inflated because he got two tries as well, but um. Yeah, I was hoping he'd get a few more minutes. Maybe they kind of pulled him a little bit earlier. They thought, um, you know, the kind of game was in the bag and they gave him a bit more rest. Oregon Gafusi got 47 minutes as well, which is a fair bit. Yeah, he definitely took from Junior Paulo's minutes because he was down when he's played round one until he had 59 minutes apiece and now he had 47. So, yeah, he was down 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's one-off, um, something to monitor, though, if you're a junior Paulo owner or interested in him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about the Sharks? Any any big talking points there? Um, I was a little bit disappointed in the Chad. Um, <laughs> someone I brought in, I actually brought him in after round one, so I was pretty happy round two score, even though he missed all those goals, he still went all right. Um, this one, he got a 42, which is still passable, but um, I prefer him to be up around that 55 mark, obviously. Yeah, didn't have um, any attacking stats um, to his name at all, Chad Townsend. So I think that's the main thing compared to round one and two. He, yeah. yeah, that's the main thing that um, took from his scores, but uh, still, Just still a very consistent. Advice. Yeah, correct. He'll be a he'll be a good cash cow long term until Sean Johnson's back. So definitely a hold. Um, other than that, Connor Tracy very looked pretty good at centre. Yeah, not too bad. Thirty-four points. Um, he's also only half eligible, so he's just kind of a bit tricky. I think it'll be interesting in the potential. Just say Will Kennedy misses a game due to his HIA. If Connor Tracy plays fullback, that'd be. I know I'd really like to see him give it a go, or um. I know they got Luke Metcalf, who's kind of yeah. in the background there, who could be a potential fullback. So I'd be really interested to see um, how they play if it happens. But um, even though he's pretty cheap, kind of Tracy, not someone I'm looking at at the moment. Yeah, I think needs For to needs to be in the team a bit more, um, or at least in the starting squad before I pick him up just because he can be used as that utility, which is not what you want in your team, even though he is cut price. Like he's, he's like 200 and he's basement price, 247 at the moment. Like he's very cheap. So um, definitely want to just keep an eye on because if he keeps getting those starts, could be a decent cheapie to pick up. Uh, yeah. Any other talking points from this one? No, I think that's it, mate. Yeah, pretty pretty just consistent scores, a couple of inflated scores, but nothing out of the ordinary other than, you know, Moses, but 
he obviously had a HIA and he's not going to get 18 um, again if he gets 80 minutes. So, yeah, that should be fine. Definitely a hold. Uh, moving on to today's games, we had the Knights unfortunately go down to the Tigers 24-20. to 20. Tigers looked very good in attack, actually. Um, nearly lost it in the second half there, but um, <laughs> unfortunately oh, fortunately, they held on and um, Mitch Pierce didn't get his uh, big win on his 300th, 300th game. Oh, what a shame. Mitch Pierce, one of the great blokes of NRL, didn't get the fairy tale <laughs> 300th game. Um, no, wasn't a. There's a few good scores in this one. I um, you know, I kind of guess I went against the grain here. I'm not sure how many. Maybe I didn't. Maybe this is kind of a popular move. I went for the captain of Jaden Braley this week in fantasy. I did too. I think most people did. To be fair, I think most people did. <laughs> um, I thought I was going going crazy here, but um, no, he did right. He got 66. The the try assist to Mitch Barnett. Helped um, boost that up, but um, but now he looked pretty good. He's going to make some more money, which is always nice. Connor Watson as as well. I was surprised um, watching and then looking at his score that he got up to seventy, massive. So he's going to go up a fair bit more as well. Had a break even of negative one, Connor Watson before that game, uh, and yeah, he's blown that out of the water with a seventy. So he's going to go up in price prices. Price rises in a big way, probably going to be close to 460, 470, I think, um, next round. So uh, if you don't have him in already, he's definitely... Well, I don't know if he's a definite get now because he's made a lot of cash already, but he's still probably a buyer for this last week, and that's it. Like, you wouldn't go him after the next round because, yeah, he'll make another big price rise most likely. That's fair. When do you think you'd be looking to jump off Connor Watson? Big question. Like, have you got to kind of price in mind so he's probably going to average long term around that 50 to 55 mark i'd say even from the bench he seems to be getting like a point per minute roughly getting about 50 to 55 minutes so he's probably going to be around there i think that is around 650 to 700k i think i think that's about the the price that that is so around that mark is when i'll jump off him which means he's still got another 300k to make so uh, yeah, he's a definite um, look to buy if you want to make a bit of cash in the short term. That's my opinion anyway. Yeah, mate, I stand by that. Um, if you can get to that, yeah, 650, 700, and you can upgrade him to or swap him off for a, even probably we'll talk about him like a Twal or a, even like a Mitch Barnett if he's still kind of going really well. Yeah, potentially someone that I want over Connor Watson for the run home. Someone but, that's probably playing eighty got a bit of a higher ceiling. You want someone like that in the middle, I think. But he does offer that dual position player value in hooker and mids, which is always good for injuries towards the back end. So it's yeah, it's going to be a difficult one, right? When he when he hits that cap, deciding whether to trade him or not. For sure. Because he's so heavily owned as well, you might want to do something against the grain. If everyone yeah, still got a, him. Bit of a pod or something. So. Not wrong. Uh, Twole also played really well in this game. Got 69 points. Played a lot more minutes than he has played in the last two rounds. So I don't know how often he's going to hit 69. But um, 
definitely one to look out for because if he keeps getting 70 odd minutes that his prices will probably hit around that as well so definitely keep an eye on him and Dewey had a had a just a big game for the Tigers this round as well I thought he was in pretty much everything Dewey yeah look very good um someone who's potentially going to get dual status after week six as well so um definitely pretty handy to having you wing the fullbacks if he's playing in the halves, I think. Yeah, it looked really dominant. Um, Did you have any have any people that uh, disappointed you this round? Oh, for this game, sorry. For this game? Um, I want to say Luke Brooks, but he still finished on 45, so that's definitely still passable. I've got him in my team as a bit of a pod. Um, he's looked all right this year, but... I was kind of really, really happy that first round when he scored the 60, but then he's kind of come back down to earth, I think. Um, so, since... yeah, since Dewey's come back in, he, you're right, he's he's struggled a little bit. I think his, um, oh, just because he, on the in that first round, he got the ball pretty much every play and every attacking play <laughs> was run through him. Now Dewey has actually taken a lot more ball and taken a lot of kick meters as well. So... Uh, yeah, he might be one to be cautious of in the future. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking for him? Trade? Yeah, might be a downgrade option to Schuster or one of these uh, Roosters halves coming through. Have a look at it next week. I might have bigger options, bigger um, bigger problems I got to deal with versus um, Luke Brooks. We'll have to see. Yeah, fair enough. I think there was a few disappointing players uh, for me anyway. I know Jake, a lot of Jacob Jake, Little owners. Jake yeah. Little, yeah. <laughs> You're very frustrated with that 31. Um, 61 yeah, minutes too yeah. as well, which um, was a and shame. Was, and he got extra minutes because I think Talau came off because he had a, an ankle injury or something like that. So Talau came off and Mbai went to centre, which allowed Little to come back on for the final 10. So he was looking at a sub-30 score before the last 10 minutes as well. Um, yeah, a bit of a tricky one because he got two tries in his first two games to kind of boost his score up, um, which he's obviously not going to do every week. But um, I don't know. I guess where I'm looking at my team, I'm still probably going to have to roll in that next week. Um, <laughs> so hopefully he has another good week or two and then I can offload him to someone else. Yeah, I think he's he's still got a couple of weeks. To, yeah, price rises will be there for the next couple of weeks, but um, he's probably looking at a, a sell in probably three or four rounds. His break-even was negative seven, so he's still going to be yeah making cash for a few more weeks. just depends what his scores are. If he can get another 50... Might get a few extra cash rises, but um, yeah, a bit bit awkward considering he's lost twenty to thirty minutes because of Mbai on the bench. But uh, yeah, still going to make a bit of cash in the short term. But one to look at uh, for trading out, maybe to maybe a Tom Turbo or Kalen Ponger in the coming weeks if he makes enough cash. Yeah, don't mind that as yeah, two potential options for sure. Um, someone I had who was a bit disappointing as well, my man Joe O. Um, oh yeah. Still started with Joe O. Oh, God, headache. Still played 37 minutes, which I wasn't kind of sure how many you get coming off the bench, but um, he got 27 out of those 37, which was pretty disappointing. So 
Yeah, yeah someone if, I might have to move on next week, I think. Yeah, I'm a bit worried about that. I love him. Yeah. First round, he played 43 minutes for a score of 58, and I was cheering. Yes, here we go. Good good uh, cheapy in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair. and then got more minutes next round against the Roosters and got a 31 and followed it up with even less minutes this round when the 27. So he's looking, uh, and from the bench, mind you, as well. So looking pretty disappointing, but still making a little bit of cash which is good. His break-even was 24 this week, so I'll make a little bit more, but most likely I don't see him going much further than next round or the round after in cash rises. Yeah, I think it's hard because I think that first round, he, his last stint was almost like a junk time stint when they, they'd already lost the game, so he was just kind of bouncing Chucking off on. tackles and throwing yeah. random offloads around, and he's, he scored boosts because of that. But, um, yeah, I think realistically is more around that 30 to 40 mark versus that 50 of round one. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll probably talk a bit, a lot more about this when we got Mooney back on the, back on the pod on Tuesday, when we go through the team list, but uh, I was very happy to see Roberts bounce back with the 38, kept the faith, held him for this round and he'll make a few more cash rises because of that now. <laughs> Love that. Love when I can hold something over Mooney. <laughs> yeah. 329, so yeah, hope that makes a bit more for you. God, I hope so. <laughs> also, Dominic Young came into the squad for the Knights late on. Uh, only got 21, oh. but looks like he could be a decent scorer. His base, he had 26 points in base stats in terms of meters and tackles. Um, he just had a lot of demerits, so could be a cheeky option if he holds that center spot, knowing Best is out for a few more weeks, and Shibasaki was atrocious on the wing there for the Knights, so might hold it long, well, not long term, but semi long term. Uh, one to keep an eye on, but maybe, maybe not, depending on uh, what the Knights do with their rotation in the back line there. Yeah, I'm really keen on this guy. Um, not just because he's massive and he's like a Jamal Idris kind of reincarnated with the dreads and he just like runs over people, he's just a weapon. Um, but also. I just think the Knights haven't really got much as far as outside backs. Like Anari Tawala and Heimel Hunt and all these guys, I think they're kind of, they're like solid options, but they're not vanilla. They're, they're a bit vanilla. So I think Dom Young could definitely cement a spot. He's a young gun. Um, yeah, I don't good. think he did his way. Uh, did much um, in terms of uh, putting forward for his selection next week, to be fair. He did have a pretty rough game, but uh, definitely better than a few of the other backs there, though, like Kaimo Hunt and Shibasaki. So, uh, yeah, I think he should. He'll get a run in the team at some point this year, um, if not just now, maybe further uh, into the into the season. But, yeah, he'll he'll most likely be in and around that squad every now and then based on injuries and, what, and whatnot. He's, he's 18, right? 19, yeah. He's, he's 19. huge. Six foot six. Just enormous <laughs> on that edge. And they tried to aim for him as well in attack for short kicks and stuff like that. So uh he's yeah, he's a decent option in attack. So he'll be he'll be in that squad. Hope so. Also I suppose got Edric uh, to come back as well. Ah, yeah, good point. Not wrong. Um could be a decent force with Edric and Dominic Young on, on a wing. Oh geez. Some tall timber to aim at. Yeah. Uh also Utakamanu with a big try straight through the middle of him. Yeah, Looks I was wondering if we had touch amazing. on him. Oh. Yeah, he played a lot of minutes, which was good to see. So 
I've got him hanging out on my emergencies, oh, like oof. on my bench. So uh, yeah, I had him if in I get stuck between him and Joe O next week. I might even play him over Joe O. <laughs> He's not going to get a try every um, week. Okay, might need to calm down a bit there. <laughs> I, but he looks dangerous. Um, just generally, I think. Um, yeah. He's almost getting the same minutes of Joe O. I don't know. Yeah, definitely Hopefully one I don't to have look to make at. that decision. <laughs> Probably not one to buy, I'd say, if you're looking for a cheapie. But um, if you've already got him, he's a hold and um, got to make a bit of cash yeah, for you. Yeah, kind of slow burn, I guess. Yeah. Um, for that, what, 48? Yeah, definitely gives him yeah. a few more price rises. Yeah, he'll probably get up to around that 450, 500K mark, which is good. Uh, just, yeah, going to take a bit of time for him. Anyway, moving on to the Cowboys and Titans game, the one you have been absolutely oh, dreading. Yeah. Titans, uh, yeah, just very, very good game from them in the end. I think that uh, change in their, their spine really helped. Uh, Titans getting over the Cowboys 44-8. to eight. Do you want to start with the Cowboys, Rig? Um... Jeez, how good. Val Holmes, back at fullback, solved all of the Cowboys' problems. Um, exactly what we've been saying as Cowboys faithful. Nah. Uh, it was good to see him in fullback. Um, I think they definitely look more dangerous in attack, but he's definitely not helping the fact that the Cowboys can't tackle. Um, yeah, he looked. He actually seven. looked good. Like, created a lot of... Uh, attacking options as well. Like when when he was wrapping around like your Clifford or your your Drinkwater, he actually looked dangerous with the ball, and he created a few opportunities for Talongi as well on that right wing, which they looked really good um, when they attacked that right side. So might be a good combination to work on. Just I don't think Drinkwater's clicking. I guess he didn't click that well today, but I think he long term is probably a five eight, not a fullback for them. I think I think you need Holmes at fullback because he's just got that ball playing in. Um, like that ball playing ability when he's wrapping around to just to, to put people into space and get people score tries. Nah, I agree, mate. Um, the Cowboys doesn't have much of a defense, so yeah, they need to score huge. points. Um, so I think they just roll out there with, I guess, their best attacking um, lineup and see how they go. <laughs> yeah, basically, and hopefully. Todd Payton does that as a as a coach as well. Because, yeah, it was good seeing him in fullback. Um, made yeah, a line that's... break. And, yeah, he just kind of looked dangerous when he had the ball. So it's good to see. Um, Ruben Cotter, he went off early. He which was good. a shame. Because, yeah, yeah he, points per minute-wise and score-wise, he was looking really dangerous. Um. Yeah, that's so yeah, I'm interested to see what they do with him, even when Lolo comes back. I think, I think Todd Payton really likes him just as that kind of middle forward, like almost yeah, Victor Radley kind of role in the middle there, just as your ball playing lock. Um, I quite like it. Everyone's like, oh, why have the Cowboys got five hookers in their team? Like, Cotter's a lock. They're playing him as a lock. I know. I kind of like it. Yeah. He was pretty solid. He's just not your typical lock, I guess. Um, not exactly the biggest player there, but yeah, definitely did do well and made a lot of tackles before he came off with that HIA. But um, yeah, not really a lot of talking points from the Cowboys. Definitely yeah, a lot more than the Titans. Yeah. 
Uh, David Fafida went absolutely crazy with a 93, had 11 tackle busts at halftime yeah, and looked like he was going to score 100, really. Yeah, almost did. Very close, um, 93. 93, yeah. Not bad, is he, David Fafida? Yeah, um, um, pretty handy to have a player like that in your squad, eh? <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the change... saying, like, oh, 1.2 mil, he's... Um, oh, he's made that back. Yeah, he's been kind of man of the match in two, two of the last two games, I'd say. Um, don't know what price he put on that, but pretty handy. That's probably a fair assessment, I'd say. Yeah, so I think that change with um, bringing Tino into the front row, putting Fodawaka as an impact forward off the bench and bringing in Tyron Peachy really, really helped the Titans. I think Peachy playing that ball-playing role as a lock really opened up their attacking options um, against the Cowboys. It might have just been because the Cowboys have been so poor in defense for the last couple of weeks, but the yeah, Titans look very... there, they make them look good. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans looked so dangerous this game. Like every time, like for Feeder or Tino or anyone got the ball and was running at the line, they looked dangerous. Like Fogarty created so many opportunities. Yeah, it looked really, really good. And Sammy as well looked so good at center. He did, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious if it'll be a regular occurrence for the Titans, just because I think Tyrone Peachy is so dangerous when forwards are tiring as well. So when they bring him off the bench and he's kind of roaming around the ruck there, he looks really good, but looked pretty good today starting as well. Yeah. Definitely someone I'm considering in my centres, actually. Um, he's yeah, 535, he's... so he's he's pretty expensive now, I guess. But um, if he's going to be playing starting in the middle, getting around yeah. 40 to 50 minutes, definitely could be a decent option. He'll probably be a gun long-term in a center spot. So um, now is probably the best time to get him when he's still reasonably cheap. But if, yeah, if he gets that position long-term, could be looking quite good, even though I guess he did have a lot of tackle busts and some attacking stats, Peachy. Yeah, probably with Peachy, I feel like he does this every year. Like he has a few really good games and then you're like, oh man, I've got to get Tyrone Peachy in. And then he just kind of falls off. Falls off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, Maybe this is the year where he stays consistent. Who knows? But um, I guess something to keep in mind for the risk of Tyrone Peachy, yeah. the roller coaster. Fair. Uh, Fogarty came back with a good score of 59, which is good. Brimson also came back with a score of 45, even though it had two tries and two try assists. Good to see him get back into form, but very low score considering two tries and two try assists. Only a 45, yeah. not a lot of meters. Maybe- Maybe an unpopular opinion for you and Tom, considering you guys are Brimson owners, but I, I'm i off the Brimson train. Um, if I had him, I'd be looking to go to Tommy Turbo or someone else. Um, I just think I actually read a NRL physio thread, and I forget the injury that he's come off Brimson, but... Um, I was reading the thread and it was NRL physio was just saying basically like how hard it is to come back from this injury and it usually takes players like half a season to kind of get back to that acceleration and um, that kind of top form. But I guess uh, the, the counter to that is late last year when he well, did here come we back go. from that injury, he looked so good. He was scoring tries for fun. He was making breaks easily. Like he looked so dangerous with the ball and just this year, 
the first three rounds, he's just oh, struck. My, my poor. I thought this was the injury he suffered like at the end of last year. Like in the was origin it? game. Oh, okay. Righto. Okay. So continue. I might be getting my facts wrong, but I thought he suffered another one in that origin game. And that's yeah. the one he's coming back from that is kind of hard and takes a bit of time. Well, maybe it'll just take um, time for him to, to come back and get back into it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did have a foot injury as well from state of origin. Um, look, I think it's just a time thing with AJ. It'll. What did he get? He was a list Frank injury. That's right. Yeah. So he's probably just getting back into it. And I'm sure late this year, we're all going to be like, why the hell did everyone sell Brimson? He's going crazy. He's <laughs> scoring 50s for fun, I reckon. Um, I reckon he's a. You, you've got to get him in, but he's definitely losing cash quick. So I think you just let him keep losing cash and maybe pick him up when he's cheap, chuck him in an emergency because I think he's going to come good. The Titans look like they're going to be making the finals anyway with the football they're playing and the points they're scoring. So, um, yeah, he's going to be in the thick of it anyway late in the year. I think anyway. Unpopular oh, opinion. Unpo- yeah, go head to head. Anyway, I think um, we've been talking about these teams for a bit too long now. We did have a few questions, though, come in from people, some fans that we apparently have uh, oh, over wow. the weekend. Huge. Yeah, enormous. Um, I'll pose them to you then, Rig. So uh, how do you see with the outs at the Roosters in Lamb and Keary, how do you think this is going to be affecting Crichton's scores going forward? Yeah, I guess I kind of touched on it. Um, I don't think it's going to be massive. At least I hope not, because I have got Angus cried everywhere this year. Um, but no, I don't think it's going to be massive. I think whatever halves are there, they're going to be feeding him a fair bit of ball still. Um, he's kind of the big dog, I guess, in their forward pack. Um, yeah, I think he, he makes there, a lot like, more points from tackles, right, than he does from anything else, really. So I think, and I'm sure the way Trent Robinson trains with the squad, he know, they probably train the same way for every half that probably comes into that rotation, hitting Crichton with the short ball, which is what um, Kiri was doing most of the time anyway. So I'm sure his points aren't going to change, or well, I think anyway. Yeah, I think um, Crichton's a bit of an interesting one because – well, now I'm forgetting which edge he plays on, but they seem to be favouring the other edge a little bit with Tupanura as well, just because of it was so dangerous. And they had Brett Morris, who's obviously scoring all those tries as well. Yeah. Um, I think that's the right edge, if I'm getting my facts right. But um, now maybe that Kiri's not there, they start looking left a bit more. So maybe he does see some more ball. Um, but I don't think it's like massive enough that you'd sell Angus Crichton or do anything oh, like that. Yeah. Not at all. Uh yeah, so keep him basically. <laughs> I think he's a keeper <laughs> anyway if you've bought him. Like he's he's not gonna um do any harm in your team the whole year. Uh anyway, another question we had was if you could only bring in one gun out of Tohu Harris, Angus Crichton, DCE, James Tedesco and Cameron Munster, who would you go? Jeez, that's a can you have them yeah, all or unless Jeez. Um, personally, I'd be going Teddy. Yeah, and reason? Um, oh, jeez. Now I forgot about the Q 
Kiri injury for a second there. But I think just Tedesco, he's, I don't know, best player in the game. He's still going to score well. It's pretty consistent. Definitely someone you could even chuck like a, a pod captaincy option for each week. And what, he's the top center or the top wing fullback scorer? Yeah, um, he will be over the season for sure. Yeah, he is currently and will continue to be. So, yeah, pretty safe bet, I'd say. I think it just depends on what position you need a gun in, really. Like, do you need a do you need an edge? Do you oh, need a middle? Oh, to sit on the fence. Mate, well, if, if I had to pick between <laughs> all of them, I would say Tohu Harris, she, sheerly because he's hitting 60 to 65 a week. And you can't put a price on that consistency. Like, we go on about Jake Troy, which hitting 50. 66. Yeah, with two 70s off the back of five tries in two rounds and then one try last <laughs> week and he only hits a 50. So there's definitely downsides to having lost both your halves for the Roosters. I don't think he's going to be scoring that many tries anymore. Um, you need halves to, you know, create that platform to attack from. So although in saying that, Teddy makes his, own, his own stats. So <laughs> there's that too. But I think, yeah, Harris scoring 60 to 65 a game is just so reliable. Um, like I was about to say, Jake Trebojevic, we talked about last pod, scoring 50 to 55 points a game was valuable. But this is another 10 points on top of that every week for the whole season. That's an extra 200 to 250 points a game. So, um, oh, over the season, sorry. So, uh, yeah, I think Tohu Harris is a, an obvious option to have there. But then again, Crichton could do the same thing. Maybe not as consistent, but definitely has a higher ceiling. So, yeah, there's ups and downs to each player there. But, yeah, I think Crichton and... Teddy and Harris are probably the three big ones. DCE also could be up there, but I think it's um, more of a preference for your halves, depending on who you want and why you want them in terms of like, you know, kick meters or tackles and whatnot. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Sound good? Back that. Back it, yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything else you wanted to add from the weekend's games? No, I don't think so, mate. We, um... We've dribbled on a fair bit, haven't we? So, geez, we've taken some uh, time for this one. Far out. <laughs> no, looking forward to Teamless Tuesday, to be fair, and seeing how these injuries um, affect what coaches are thinking about for the next round. So, yeah, there's going to be some absolute gems in terms of cheapies and some squads that we're probably not predicting. So, I think, yeah. Um, Teamless Tuesday going to be very interesting. And for all those listening in, look out for our pod coming Wednesday. Uh, Anyway, thanks for your time, Rig. No worries, mate. Yeah, five forty-three. So maybe I should go to bed. But yeah, um, probably should. <laughs> pleasure as always, mate. Awesome. Cheers.